The Red Dirt D&D Podcast is brought to you by Pro Laser Cuts. The Oklahoma company provides pre-made and customizable design laser cut dice towers, tokens, and more developed by a gamer for gamers and now available to enhance your tabletop game. Pro Laser Cuts products can be found at many Oklahoma City area game stores, local events, and now available online at ProLaserCuts.com. That's laser and cuts with a Z, Pro Laser Cuts. Welcome to Red Dirt D&D. I'm Michael Cross, and I play Gideon Block, a paladin of Daga, bringing her justice to the wilds of Ritoya. I'm Connor Chanel, and I play Connor with a K, the kobold sorcerer who's finally out of the bag. I'm Johnny Payne, and I play Zonimus Dinar, a roguish warlock, controlling his fate with chaos. I'm Kiri Hester, and I play Poppy Tealeaf, a high-born halfling druid who has forsaken her family for the call of the frontier. I'm Brooke Bullock, and I play Mokrin Stoneshaper, a young dwarf sorcerer wielding his arcane gifts to delve into the mysteries of the wilderness. And I'm Ash King, your dungeon master. Join us now for Tales from the Callban Frontier. You find yourselves trapped in the war room of the Mesa. The door blocked by the exquisite form of Serafina, an individual who you've only heard rumors of before this. Stepping into the room, your eternal enemy, Wiley Smokes Moran. Approaching our dear, dear rogue, Zonimus, as the two of you speak about potential plans, you pointing to an area, a circle on the map, indicating that Wiley may be looking for the lair of the infamous Thundercrack. Gideon has just laid down his gun on the ground as per the suggestion of Serafina. Connor has just snatched the Navi Crystal, skittering his way out of the room, completely unnoticed for the moment. What are the rest of you doing? I'm not trying to hide, but I am trying to just stand close to a big person. I'm gonna stand next to Gideon, just kind of next to your leg. I'm not trying to hide, just trying to be in close proximity. Right, just hold on to me and I'll just be right next to you because right now I am looking over at Zonimus. Yeah, we're just kinda. Eye contact, as far as we've known each other, that I'm trying to give you the, the message of the ball is completely and utterly in your court. We are letting you drive this ship. If you look at Bobby, there's just so much wide trust and honesty in her eyes. So Zonimus notices Gideon's look in just a quick glance as he does the up on one tippy toe, slides a hip onto the edge of the table, okay. facing Wiley, still pointing down at the map and says, yeah, there is only one way to find out, but what's your angle? You think he's just gonna fall in with you because you free him? Wiley just kind of gives a smirk and responds with, well now, I don't know if that's something I should discuss with you, seeing as, you know, you and your friends are currently at odds with my personal goals. You might be perceiving this wrong. We're at odds more with you than your goals. So there's room here to negotiate. 
Now what have I ever done to you? Wiley, you know you've done a lot to me. But we don't do all in the past, do we? I don't know. Seems to depend on you. Well, let me ask you this. Who here knows you better than I? And I snidely glance over to this other person all dolled up in the room. Serafina will actually just respond with a little half smirk as she's started leaning against the doorway and is just watching all of this play out. But she's, oh, oh, do not mind me. Uh, I'm so just, huh? I completely cut her off and keep talking. I just, I hold up my hand and say, I'm not minding you. And I look back to Wiley and say, you show up and you free him. He's going to lash out. Are you, okay, let's back up. We're not against your plans because we're not 100% sure what they are. We, we have a pretty good idea. We know the history of the man you seek and he was just trying to bring order. Am I wrong? Wiley just gives a little half shrug and looks over the rest of the party, makes sure to keep an eye on them, seeing what they're doing, seeing what their responses are. But he says to you, yeah, I've, I've heard stories too. I've done some investigating of my own. As have we. Sounds like we're all taking a page from the same book, wink. So what you mean to tell me is you potentially have information that I'm missing. And you have information that we're missing. Seems we're at an impasse. Like I said, we're negotiating. Well then, what's your terms? Cause you know, I don't like to make a deal well, without seeing what I'm getting. Like I said, it's all in the past, but then again, I know you and your ways and you know me and my ways. So you're asking <laughs> for terms and here they are. We have no intention of becoming petty henchmen in your gang. However, we wouldn't mind working together to the same ends. He was mighty and he was powerful. He was looking for peace and order in his empire. That does actually seem to take Wiley by surprise. You do notice that moment of uncertainty where he knows that this is potentially too good to be true. At that look, I'll say, unless you think you're gonna find him and overpower him and take something from him, at which point, honestly, I gotta tell you, I don't think you stand a chance based on the rumors of and stories I've heard of him. Now, you're by yourself, but if you remember our last meeting, we could all be a force reckoned with. And I'm not trying to say that in a cocky way, like we bested you, mm -hmm. but I'm also not admitting defeat either. It's if you took the two powers that were battling it out at the Pegasi and put that together, what could you accomplish? So the, the choices now are not, do you trust us and bring us in? The choices are, can you do this by yourself or would it be much easier to bring help? I'm speaking for everyone here, but hey, Gideon. Yeah. Order. Oh. That's my job, is to bring order to the cowman. And if you're wanting to bring in law and order here, I understand it comes from a different direction, but you're basically wanting to control not only the Caliban, but as far east as you can go, all the way to the ocean, right? And not just the frontier, we have connections in Capital City, in Venturas. We have more influence than you give us credit for. Wiley's eyes do flip down to Poppy. I say nothing. I would say Gideon, you probably notice most of all, you hear almost a purr from Serafina. As you see during the conversation, her eyes have started to light up a little more. And it looks like she's listening and seriously considering what is being said. To Serafina, if you're looking to increase your influence, we also have a dwarf here who has some pool in the dwarven clans. And I just say, 
Rail lines move both ways. Things come out of the city, but things can also return. I have done many studies on the Dwarven rail lines. They are fascinating pieces of technology. And that was our original job out here, was to map this area to bring the Dwarven rail lines out as far west as it could go. Can you imagine if the rail lines were going from Venturis to the castle? Think of that partnership. So at this time, I will need a persuasion or deception, okay. whichever you prefer. From the three of you, pick one person. Is there any type one of One person makes the roll? One person will make the roll. Okay. But they will roll at advantage. So pick between Makrin, Gideon, and Zonima. Okay. A one and an 18. <laughs> so 18 plus seven, 25. 25. Meanwhile, I'm over here while he's talking and I'm walking my fingers on the, across the map <laughs> as he's describing where the roll line would run. So you see a glance between Wiley and Serafina. And it's one of those glances that you can tell it's the, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are we on the same page in this regard? I reach up and touch his cheek and pull his face to my glance. Mm -hmm. A very familiar look of, yeah, it's gonna be a great day. Do you just get that, it causes him to tense up for a moment and that intake of breath and it's that, almost like it was, right at the start, the two of you. He looks to you and gives a nod and just reaches up very gently to grab the side of your neck. Of course, you notice he's got those dark gloves on that he's started wearing after the two of you got together. It's that thumb stroke along the edge of your jaw. And says, well, we've had uh, rough patches, disagreements, but I think, I think we can move past. I think we can build something greater. All right, Zani. You're in. I'm looking for the implication of everyone in this room is in. He does kind of look around the room and looks over to Gideon. Mm -hmm. We can let bygones be bygones, can't we, Gideon? I have no problem with that. I've had some worse partners than you, my friend. I'm more than willing to let bygones be bygones and to work together to a common goal. So, yeah, I think we can make this work for all of us. I just have one question. When do we start? I want to lean into him as I'm getting off the table real close. Almost the only he can hear me and say, let someone else showboat for a minute, you egomaniac. And I'm going to hop off the table and I'm going to walk around it as I'm pointing, saying, I assume since you have, and I'm just going to start pointing at the map of details of you've gotten the feather. So the, the feather tells me you've already been to the portal of air, right? Which I'm assuming oh. then I keep walking and point <laughs> to another. So, and I'm just going to start piecing this puzzle together and then let him fill in the blanks as a response to Gideon asking him when we start, helping to bring us up to speed yeah. together thing. Well, Zani, it's not quite as complicated as you would think. Thundercrack's a liar. And she told those four key guardians, oh, here, take this feather of air, take the cauldron of earth, take the other uh, nonsense she told them, and this, this is the key to this hidden portal that I need you to watch over for me. <laughs> oh no. Those trinkets? You don't need those for those portals. So the keys are a lie? It's all for Cimarron. I will say that's a little bit more shocking than hearing the gods are lies. Or liars. <laughs> See, yeah, that's, that's the thing, Zani. Those four keys. They're the four keys to Cimarron's prison. According to the legends, since he was so powerful and mighty, that the only way to get rid of him was to seal him away. 
and then hide it so that nobody could find him and let him loose. So I'm guessing you've got these four feathers. Oh, it's more than feathers. The feather well, was the four keys. That's correct. Yeah, and so your next step is to go free Cimarron. That it is, and he taps a finger on that circled area. See, according to all our research, the most likely place where that sneaky, conniving dragon would hide that prison, an enemy that powerful, that feared, you'd keep him close. I mean, you know, it's just like the followers of Daga have the Citadel, where they put their most ferocious criminals right. that they manage to keep. You keep them all in one place, you keep them close. So place you where keep you keep an eye, an eye on them. Right. So, your idea is to take on Thundercrack to free Cimarron. That, that's quite a task to basically take it on what is in essence a god. Are you up for that? What kind of force are you bringing to that? That's where, of course, Serafina comes in and another partner that you've not quite met yet. Uh, right. That would be Fortunato, I guess, is uh, the name that I heard this lovely lady say earlier. And Fortunato. who is Fortunato? Well, he's been one of my biggest benefactors for the past year. Now, I do have it on good authority that some of the gods are really unhappy with you. Some of them might even be out to get you. You don't think they'd intervene, something as big as Thundercrack? Well, that's one of the reasons I've been sending some of the boys out on certain missions. If certain ones don't come back, then well, that's not a loss for me. Keeping only the most loyal, the most in tune with my thoughts. But we have plans, we have ideas on what to do about that thundercrack, which could be where y'all come into the picture. All I right. mean, as you have shown, you are mighty and powerful yourselves. I say your strength has increased in the time that we've been away. It's mighty possible that with your resistance, we can take care of thundercrack. I agree. And that's where we stand. Right. So when does Fortunato arrive? He'll be here tonight. We got another opportunity to make some plans and get some things figured out. We've been having a little celebration since we got our hands on that feather. That was the last thing we needed. So this isn't his room? Mokrin says, looking around, and his eyes kind of drift back and forth between Wiley and Serafina. Oh, it's one of his rooms. He said he's arriving tonight. We saw your, I gotta say, impressive airship. Serafina lights up. When do you think she's gonna be ready to fly? She is ready to fly now. Well, I gotta say, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with what you've been able to do, and I certainly wouldn't mind taking a little trip. How does it work? Does it work on, does it work on Firestone? What's it work? <laughs> I'm gonna explain everything I know about how the other flying ship worked. That's it, Zonimus. Just keep them talking. Welcome to the Midway Station, everybody. This is Brooke, and I have a couple of great things to let you know about. Uh, one is join Patreon. Join it soon. Join it now. We are really, really close. We are getting the dice warmed up to be able to roll them and give away that 
the dice tower from Pro Laser Cuts. And when you join, one of the things you're going to unlock is nearly eight hours currently of bonus content from the Red Dirt D&D Roundtable Extended Edition. Hopefully, you've been enjoying the 15 minutes that everybody gets, but trust me, we have some great behind-the-scene moments and some huge discussions coming up in the behind-the-scenes roundtable. Most recently, a little tiny but important thing is how Red Dirt D&D saved the life of a beloved family pet. It's a true story. It was on this month's roundtable. You probably just listened to it. Get the real story, plus more. Huge discussions coming up. You want to be a part of the Red Dirt Extended Edition Roundtable. It all starts with $5 on Patreon, and then later there's the Discord server and swag and more. Um, If... $5 is tough. It is sometimes. One of the great things you can do is to help us by leaving a review. It's huge for the algorithms. It suggests us to others. Keep sharing us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook. Keep finding us on Twitch. Keep sending links and text messages to your favorite episodes, to your friends. And thank you because currently... September is on track to be our biggest download month ever, and we're only halfway through. Thank you guys for being a part of it. Thank you, a special thank you to some folks outside of Oklahoma who have joined our Patreon family. John from Indiana, Nico from Michigan, New Mexico and Tina are both from Texas, Strix from Utah, David from Tennessee, and there are others out there. Come join us. It's going to be great. We can't wait to continue this journey with you guys out in the Caliban frontier. So Zonimus is describing the promise and the forge down in Le Promise, where the ship was powered by magic created and harnessed through a flight crystal, along with the power generated by the forge. Serafina does look impressed and says, oh, so you did manage to suss it out a little bit, but that was the old model. Oh, you got a new way of doing this. I have improved upon my father's designs, as genius as they were, and as amazing as they were, but those were the fatal flaws, were they not? So how does your new contraption fly? Trade secrets. I think it's Firestone, because it's such a stable dwarven invention, (laughs) and it's gotta be one of these. Looking at Serafina with true interest. No. It does not depend on Firestone. But it's ready, you've got the power to send her up now. Oh yes, the power sausage much more stable and much more difficult to destroy. I gotta say, I'm really impressed that, that you've been able to do something like this. I would love a tour of the ship. You don't even have to show us the, the, the power or the engine room or anything. I just wanna see, we were far away. I would love if you. Oh fine, you've convinced me. Come down to my workshop. All right. I'm impressed you were able to do all that without getting that pretty silk dress dirty. Wiley, I'm saying this. <laughs> really delivering the message to Wiley that the disdain Zonimus has for this person. So as Serafina's walking out, Gideon, you're probably walking out following her. Right. Poppy, I'd imagine you're still sticking pretty close to Gideon. I'm torn, but I know that it's probably the best thing, so I will follow along with Gideon, but I give Zonimus a knowing glance. And then I'll do the thing where I look, and then I look at your pocket, and then I look back at you as if to remind you, if you need me, you got the Rocky Talkies. 
So as the rest of the party's filtering out, Wiley just nudges you gently with his shoulder and just says, you ain't gotta worry about her. I know, she's too pretty for you. She is. Wow, the fact that we're getting a tour of the Skyship, I am super excited about that. Look at the envelope. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, yeah, so while you all are headed to the lift, as Serafina is about to give you the grand tour of her workshop, Connor, what have you been doing this whole time? Okay, so as they first started to talk, I have lingered around the door, just kind of listening in on them, making sure everything's going according to quote-unquote plan. And as it seems as if everything is going according to said plan, you said that there was an overlook (laughs) that they had been inspecting over. Yes. How far away is that from this door? So the balcony that Wiley and Serafina had been standing at before they approached you. Coming out of the war room, you would swing a left Mm -hmm. to head towards that direction. And it's not too far away. You'd have to pass through that open throne room to get out onto that balcony, but it's about 50, 60 feet away. Okay. So I think eventually I would creep over there and just see if I can peer down and see what they had been looking at. Obviously it'd be the ship, right? Yeah. So once you get over to that little balcony, it's a fairly kind of rough carved stone. You kind of get up a little bit because that's a good three foot high, but poking your little kobold head over it and looking down, you do see this is a very large open shaft that goes all the way down to the workshop level and then all the way up to where you see it looks like just a rock ceiling, but squinting your eyes, especially kind of in this low light, you can tell even from this far that there is a seam going between where there's the potential for basically this to open up open up so that you can come in and out okay but looking down towards the workshop level you do see where at the very end is that big ship Hmm. obviously it's not to the size of the promise it's smaller lighter so potentially could be faster it's about 30 feet long 10 feet wide. It's going from a Spanish galleon to a cutter. Yeah, okay. And then you also see to one side of the workshop looking down, you see two of the longboat style. So it it seems that Serafina has built a full ship and then the two longboats that can accompany the ship. (laughs) Give me a perception to see just how much detail you can tell. Okay. And I know that we're not there but yet but the longboats are they like kind of classic five feet by 15 or they are actually so they're five foot wide by 10 foot long okay so pretty pretty big comparable to the longboat that jasper was working yeah yeah 15. you do see kind of glinting off the best way i can describe it is witch light so it's not a torch but it's these balls of magical light that are kind of floating around giving illumination to the workspace you see it glint off the skin of, they kind of look like dwarves, Okay. but their bodies look like they're made out of metal. And there's about five of these individuals who are working and are putting finishing touches, finishing details, running all the final checks on the ship so that it's 
to Serafina's standard. You also notice working more in quote unquote grunt work positions. So they're hauling cargo and getting these ships ready to take off at any time. Dragonborn, green Dragonborn. And it's kind of weird. The movements are a little stiff and it's almost as if there's a delay between the mind and the body. They're moving kind of stiffly as these Asiers are shouting you know, commands at these Dragonborn. Hey, pick that up, bring that over here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's weird. You're having a hard time from this distance of telling exactly what's going on, but I would say that is something you notice, that okay. their movements are just, there's something off about them. Okay, and they're not shackled in any way or anything like that? You don't notice any shackles. Okay. There's no chains or anything. Okay, definitely odd. Okay. Definitely odd. And roughly how many of them are there? Are they moving back and forth coming? I, again, I know we're not there, but just. Right, so I would say you do see currently working there are four dragonborn that are kind of doing these very heavy lifting tasks. But then you do actually also see a couple of green kobolds who are using them to work more dexterous jobs in smaller spaces that would be more difficult for the dragonborn or even the Azures to get into. That is what you see on the workshop floor. And you see there's a lot of, a lot of kind of work areas, a lot of tools lying around. So they've obviously been working here for some time and mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious that the ships and the longboats have been what they've been working on here. After I get all this information, about how long would it have been since we'd first entered into that workspace down, down below? Because I'm mainly trying to see how much longer I have on my invisibility. On so I would say it's probably been 45 minutes since okay. you entered the mesa, gone through that tunnel, come out that tunnel taken the lift to the second floor, gone mm -hmm. into the war room. The rest of the people have been distracting Wiley and Serafina for lack of better terms. And you've been scurrying about and gathering this information. Okay, so after I take that quick peek, I do want to start heading back to the room, but I want to say that I am actively keeping an internal clock going. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. An internal clock going of how long you have until the mm -hmm. spell wears off. Yeah. Well, so by the time you kind of come back from going to peek over the balcony, you actually see Serafina coming out of the war room. You see Gideon, who's walking with her, Poppy, and then eventually Makrin, Zonimus, and Wiley, okay. who are all exiting the war room. And it looks like they're headed back towards the lift. Okay, so I will follow after them. Okay, so you scurry along little kobold feet. And then coming out of the room with Wiley, Zonimus goes back into the days of the bag. It looks down the hallway and nudges with his head, like, stay close. So, uh, good old days. Serafina <laughs> was really impressed with this structure. Did this once belong to your people? Oh, not to my people. <laughs> no, no, this was, you know, some of my kind were allied with the Empire. Right. But it, was, it was mostly a business. But it was just belonged to the Empire. Although, you know, certainly didn't mind taking the lift if we needed to. Not quite as safe. You don't have another way of getting up and down. Maybe some other stairs. No, to, this to is it. Boop. Oh, goodness gracious me. <laughs> Just going up and down this lift is, is the only way to go well. Unless you have the ability to fly. <laughs> no, uh, not personally. But Gideon, it'll be okay. I mean, look at this construction. It's incredible. Like, how did they do that earlier? I was noticing 
that there seem to be like maybe forged by fire, dug with fire, or lava. We see that in the dwarven holds way down deep, like lava scorched tunnels and stuff. That's amazing. How did you all do that? Oh, it was not me. Well, right, right, but you said partnership and stuff, so mm-hmm. surely you were directing, or not you personally, but, you know, like you guys were helping and aiding and stuff. We, we had some input into some of the designs, yes, and we engineered much of the, of course, this lift you see. This was one of my father's projects that he did for Emperor Semeron to develop the lift technology and then to begin employing it on a grander scale than what had ever been done before. So this isn't the only one in the whole place? You got several? Oh, this is the only one here. Okay. But in other strongholds, we managed to employ this and other types of automation, as we like to call it. Continue on with this, if you will, but as Wiley and I are around the corner, we're coming up on her, still behind her, I'm going to keep my hands down and through my bracer, summon a dagger and bring it up between me and Wiley and aim it at her, but then hold it so long that if you don't throw it after a while, it disappears because of the magic and just let it fade away. And So have we actually gone down in the lift? Yeah, she's doing that whole walking and talking right. thing. So she's very tour guide, walking and talking. You've gotten her on her thing. I, I gotta say, I, I don't think in, in all our travels and all our, our investigation, I don't think I've ever caught your father's name. Oh, my father, the greatest engineer ever did walk this earth and others. My father, Gangan, he was the one who created all of this technology and one of the greatest engineers whatever had lived. May his soul rest in peace. And Gangan was, I guess, taught you all he knew. Oh, yes. I watched the rise of the empire at my father's knee. I was gonna say that, you're so lovely. I, I, I couldn't help but think, well, that was 5,000 years ago. You never ask a lady her age. <laughs> I did not ask your age. Implying. Uh, oh, no, 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 but I was kind of interested in your beauty secrets <laughs> and how you've managed to stay so young and beautiful all this time. The blood of the innocent. Well. Two times a day. The, the blood of the innocent, that, that's quite a diet. <laughs> the virgin in the group just squeezes Gideon's hand. I'm yeah. joking. Oh, well then. It's a joke, ha ha ha, funny. He was wanting some serious tips. <laughs> oh, I was really serious about how, how you've managed to stay alive for 5,000 years. Genetics. Oh, yeah, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> if that was a joke spill, I look at Wiley yes. in the shrug and say, at least she's pretty. All right, well, I look forward to uh, seeing this vessel of yours. How long did it take to build something like this? She's very animated. You've gotten her on her topic that she can talk all day about. When we came by earlier, this hallway to the south was 30 feet wide or whatever. Weren't there little rooms along the edges? Yes, and you've hit what you feel is her floor. When you were in the area above, that seemed like it was more Wiley space, just in terms of if we're on this floor, he's the one in charge. But when we're down here, this is Serafina's area of expertise. So this is where she really gets her time to shine. So as you're walking out, you have hallways on both sides. She indicates one of them is, okay, so that is storage where, you know, we just keep the supplies for everything. And you see there are shelves along here that also have other work tools and supplies and things that's obviously been used over the last while. Oh, it took us so long. What, a good, what, six, nine months to clean this place out? 
it had just fallen into such ruin. Oh, fine empire engineering just left to linger and waste for 5,000 years. Oh, it broke my heart. But through the power of hard work, and a little bit of, you know, forced labor, don't worry about it. We managed to clean this all up. Managed to reclaim the glory. Well, a little bit of the glory, not all the glory, but a little bit of the glory. That will come later. Some of these rooms mostly just hold your tools and the, the wood that you need to build. That's what these rooms are for. Oh yes, mostly. So there is storage there. This leads to my personal office. I recommend you don't go there. Well, I would never go in there without your permission. And is it the one closest to the airship or the one closest to the hallway? It's closer right? to the hallway leading to okay. the lift. Gotcha. So you have the hallway to the east, actually pretty close to that secret door. But you have this hallway to the east that Seraphina indicates leads to storage. The hallway up to the west that she indicates as leading to her personal office. Gotcha. And then you have this big long hallway that has the shelves along the line with further supplies and it seems to be the things that they would use much more commonly that they would need access to lickety split and then she comes to another doorway into storage the doorway to the west she just kind of indicates and oh you know you won't have to worry about that area unless you know you do something to upset us and then that's where we will imprison you and for the rest of your mortal lives well you got to have a place to keep the bad actors I'm well aware of having to make sure that you've got people incarcerated. If uh, they've stepped out of line, I, I applaud you on your efforts. Well, thank you. We do so wish to, you know, make sure we just keep everything above board, yes? But down here, this, this is the heart and soul. This is the reason why we chose here to establish the base as opposed to, you know, any other old empire outpost. This was one of basically, oh, the equivalent that you may be familiar with is like a dry dock. Well, you got a nice fleet of lifeboats here, but where do we get to see the big show? Unfortunately, we just do not have the time nor the resources to build any of the larger ships. Do you want to take <clears throat> a five-day journey to finding the lair of the infamous Thundercrack? Or would you prefer a three-day journey? I think it's a wonderful thing that you've built here. It's a marvel and I'm very, very impressed that you could put something like this together. Yeah, let's take a look. I would li like to see more of the interior of your great creation, Serafina. Come along, come along. It's to the point, she knows, Zanos, you're trying to ruffle her feathers. So she's just doing her best to ignore you and just gets to the point where she almost grabs your arm, Gideon. And yeah, I was like, I'd offered it. Yep, yeah. that's, where I, <laughs> that's where I want her. In the meantime, I'm just putting as much charm as I can as I've given my arm. As we get into that open area where there might be some workers and stuff, would Mokrin know what an Azir is? Would he be able to know them from history or, or lore? Give me history or arcana. Yay, my dice today rolled a 19 for a modified 23 on Arcana. Yeah, so Makrin, you have done some studies on the elemental planes, probably because of your sorcery and your connection with the Earth. Yes. You would have probably studied at least the elemental plane of Earth, and in studying that, you would have been exposed to the other planes. So yes, you do actually recognize these as being Azers. They are well known for beings from the plane of elemental fire. Yeah. 
as we get closer, do we see that their beards are actually flame or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Super. I'm just trying to keep it all in. Like his enthusiasm and excitement level is truly honest. He is like, this is amazing. Yeah, and Serafina does let go of your arm momentarily, Gideon. She comes forward and, boys, we have guests. And the Asians all pop to attention where they had been working and give her a salute and a greeting in Primordial. And that's when you all notice the Dragonborn and the Kobolds. It's like they're kind of fighting against it and almost as if they're being compelled to do it against their will, but come to that standing position. And they don't speak, but you notice on each of them, around their necks, it's a collar. Red Dirt D&D, Tales from the Caliban Frontier, is Ash King as our Dungeon Master, Brooke Bullock as Macron Stoneshaper, Johnny Payne as Zonimus Dinar, Kiri Hester as Poppy Teeley, and I'm Michael Cross as Gideon Block. Our theme music was created by the cinemagician PJ Castillo. Our incidental music comes from Jeffrey McBride. Our sound effects and additional music, courtesy of Monument Studios, Andrew Sitkov, and TabletopAudio.com. We here at Red Dirt D&D could really use your help in getting the word out about us. If you like what you've heard, make sure to rate us and leave a comment. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and reddirtdnd.com. Tell your friends about Red Dirt D&D and share us on social media. And we have new content on our YouTube and Twitch pages. Just search for Red Dirt D&D. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash reddirtdnd. We have several giving levels, including early listening to shows and access to our Discord server. Join us next time as we go deeper into the Caliban frontier. What are the rest of you doing? Panicking. Panicking is a free action. That's why, that's why I'm giving you yes. the choice, Johnny. Okay, I got, do I want to meta this and talk about how much power we have? I got a plus yeah. seven, but it's also me rolling. I oh, God. <laughs> he has a six. I have a five. Oh, for which one? For both. For both. You should get advantage. So we would get you advantage. You did get advantage. And you've got some fate chips. And, I, yeah, so. <laughs> okay, so we what happens so when you roll you it? You, you, Johnny, you've got a plus five. Macron's Mark got a plus, plus seven. seven. Okay. Are you willing to spend fate chips? Yes. I will totally spend I will fate chips. Okay. Because I'll spend them all because I don't have enough for a res. Yeah. Or, or what have you, so. <laughs> so I've got six, it. so I can easily spend one without yeah. thinking. Okay. Yeah. All right, Zani. You're in. I'm looking for the implication of everyone in this room is in. No, it's Wiley. I'm not going to... Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm here with you. It's like, oh, Zani, I love you. You're in. Kill the rest. I'm (laughs) waiting for the other shoe to drop. 100% supporting you. I've had some worse partners than you, my friend. (laughs) And I'm more than willing to let bygones. (laughs) Michael was giving a great speech. (laughs) It works with the power of love magic (laughs) (laughs) i I was thinking the same thing i almost said it there's a magical furnace that helps fuel the ship help propel the ship 
And then of course there was the, <laughs> excuse me, while the DM checks their notes. <laughs> Start throwing out nautical terms. The rudder. The <laughs> rudder. The starboard. The uh, us into a suicide squad. The anchor. Uh, yeah, I remember there was a giant <laughs> crystal that we, we had. We still haven't come up with a name for our group. <laughs> I think suicide squad might work <laughs> Because there's the Navi crystals, but then there's something else that I, I, put, I actually put a, a name to it. Where's my, I don't know if I wrote because I remember I was. <sighs> it's so crazy, it just might work. <laughs> Until Fortunato shows up. Wow. I say a little bit louder than it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we're getting a tour of the Skyship, I am super excited about that. Look at the empty hallway. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ever did walk this earth. And others. Random name generator. <laughs> <laughs> we what call the him hell is Earth? Tim. Tim. <laughs> oh, he was great. actually the second. Tim. So sometimes we call him Other Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that was his twin. <laughs> trying, to, trying to see if I actually wrote that down somewhere. But I know, I already right. named him so that I don't have to rename him. We need to call Dosha because there are no emergency <laughs> stairs here. And she In grabs case of fire. You, we need to be. She grabbed that lever and just went boop, like all the way to so whoosh, like it just runs. We all lifted up straight down. Yeah, we're all that, that moment on a roller coaster where it drops away. Like, I, 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 think, I think I peed a little. <laughs> You know, she's obviously so comfortable with this technology 100%. that, like, she doesn't even look like what button she's pressing. She just taps it. And we're walking. When people used to think that, like, going 25 miles an hour in a horseless carriage was, like, crazy fast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now well, she's come through with it. And she's like, Bridge! here's my 60 horsepower car. <laughs> <laughs> On each of them, around their necks, it's a collar. Yeah, that'll work. I'm loving this this bad cop <laughs> group of cops who are loving the whole stuff of buying into it and eating <laughs> it up and yeah. yeah. yeah.